Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget your machete as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. All right, let's let's jump into this. Um, I'm Seth Breedlove, one of your hosts. <laughs> no, okay. Um, Les says he saw it on your page, Andrew. Woo-hoo. Okay, okay. Now we're yeah. This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. I'm joined as always by my pal Mike Ratsky. Hello. And Seth. tonight we're joined by <laughs> the Flatwoods Monster Museum curator. As well as the uh, uh, Braxton, are you the you're the Braxton County visitor? Visitor, I'm, you're I'm, the Braxton County visitor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm the executive director of the Braxton County Convention of Visitors Bureau. Okay, okay, okay. Woo. Yeah, all right. Um, it's it's beautiful though. I like how professional it sounds. So, um, we're <laughs> I'm rushing through this because we already did it, and I'm annoyed now with my setup. Um, but. But tonight, um, yeah, we have Andrew, and of course, Andrew was seen uh, in the Small Town Monsters uh, 2018 release, The Flatwoods Monster, A Legacy of Fear. Um, and uh, Andrew, was that the, the probably the greatest? My dog just fell down the steps. Uh, <laughs> did, did you guys hear that? Oh, yeah. That was, yeah, that was Mona. Was Mona Aww. just not quite making it up the steps? Um, so was that the greatest accomplishment of your career? Do you think? Yeah. Okay. Pr- probably. Yeah. Um, especially, I will tell you that movie and its premiere and the night that you premiered it was the first time when I really felt like, oh, okay, so this is this is going to be a really big deal. Um, like it felt really real. Um, whenever uh you premiered your documentary so it was a milestone for sure that was a great that was a great night um it was i don't i don't remember the exact date but um that was really fun for me to if only because the the audience was so into it um and i always love anytime anytime we do a screening and they line up down the street i'm always excited about that um and they were there for that and then freddie was also there which was really cool yeah um, so what's going? I want to say that was April eighteenth, maybe. Was it or sixteenth? Okay. Yeah. All I remember, it was, it was like right before we left to film Bray Road Beast. I think wasn't it, Mark? Isn't that correct? Yeah. It, yes. It was like right before. It was. Mm-hmm. It was like the weekend before we left. Um, okay. So what's going? Like what's going on right now in in Sutton with the Flatwoods Monster Museum? How is how is the Flatwoods Monster Museum dealing with COVID nineteen? 
Uh, like most non-essential businesses, uh, we're closed to the public as of now. Um, when we reopen will depend on, you know, I'm assuming the, the, the state government of West Virginia. Um, I know, at least I'm, I feel like Jim Justice, our governor, is itching to open us back up. But uh, as far as a, a date, I'm not sure about that. Um, however, if anybody's interested, I will try to, uh, or I will update that on our Facebook page as soon as we know something. So, yeah, I'm not sure. Are you when are you going into work at all? I mean, do you get to go in and upkeep and all that stuff? Yeah, um, I actually went in today um, uh, mainly to. Uh, I actually took uh, my daughter Haley with me for the last two days. Um, she's been helping me to clean and organize all the sort of behind the museum part where my office is and storage so we've been working on straightening up and cleaning things and um we took an inventory today of shirts and realized that there was one design that we only had like half the sizes in so i went ahead and put in an order of shirts today so uh, even though we're closed we're still out of shirts <laughs> Do you, you guys have like a web store right or we're because i i have a no no Got no, we don't. We, we get asked a lot, yeah. and I'll be I'll be completely honest with you. It's it's kind of funny how it all worked out. The reason why we have a Flatwoods Monster Museum is because our space that we allocated for a visitor center was way bigger than it needed to be for a visitor center. So there's a Flatwoods Monster Museum, and the only reason why we sell anything is because uh, customers. There, you know, people visiting sort of demanded it. You know, you have to leave with a T-shirt or something. So within the first month, we went from not interested in selling anything to uh, to keeping a stock of stuff. So, so we kind of sell stuff just to make sure that people that visit us leave happy. So we can't really, we don't really have the infrastructure to ship and stuff. But what I like is we actually carry a lot of um, souvenirs by by artists and that sort of thing people that that aren't us um so usually if people want something i can usually direct them to somebody that can make something and ship it so that's handy but yeah as far as like our shirts go nope if you want one you got to come visit um you have do you still have your your um your your web store for like your shirts that you designed yeah kind of uh it's uh it's just uh a T public yeah. account that I made. And basically I used that to workshop designs to see if, um, because I could just set and pump out t-shirt designs all day. Uh, my background is actually in art. Um, so, um, but you know, you can't just make 200 shirts of every design you ever draw. Hmm. Um, so I throw them up on there and if they get popular on that on T public, you know, they might turn into a real thing that we sell at the at the museum. For the record, so if you go to like tpublic.com and search Flatwoods Monster, the lion's share are going to be ones I put up. I, I I own six of your designs, so and I'm not kidding. Like any anyone that's that's sees, I wear I wear them uh, pretty consistently. I bought them in the in the wow. in the deep V. I really wanted yeah. the deep V T, uh, so I can show off that. That breed love chest hair. Whenever I, whenever I sport my Flatwoods monster teeth, um, yeah. but um, 
So, okay. It's good for me. It, it's eye candy. It attracts people to looking at the if, shirt. If you want, what I could do is I could take some photos of me without a shirt on, but holding the shirt up, <laughs> and I'll send them to you to kind of hang. You can print. I could get them okay. blown up, and you can hang them okay. in the museum life-size kind of. Um, okay. Well, I, I feel like that's a – is that a calendar? I feel like that's a calendar. It could be the, the 12, 12 – Shirts of Seth or something like the the flat Braxy and Seth sexy yeah, calendar. I'll, yeah, I'll have to get you a few more. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's table that though for now. We'll think about it and uh, maybe we'll circle back around to this later this year after the the COVID epidemic dies off. Um, so the the reason I wanted to have you on is you sent me a link last week to a uh, documentary you have made. Um, titled uh, appropriately enough, yeah. the lantern. Um, that's it, right? Like just yeah. the lantern. Okay. The lantern. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like the I really like the um, the name because you've got a cool like you made it. I'm just pointing this out for no apparent reason. It's just a nerdy thing that I liked. But that when the title comes up, it's got like the Flatwoods monster face behind it or something. And I really like the way it looked against the black. It, it just looked cool. Um, but the, thank you. Yeah, but the reason I wanted to have you on was you sent me this link, and um, and I'm going to be brutally honest here. Like, whenever someone sends me a link to something and asks me to watch it, I'm like, well, crap, because like they want <laughs> nine times out of ten they want you know feedback. But what that really means, and I get this because I'm the same way. What that means is they want me to watch it and then tell them, hey, this is great. Like, regardless of what I actually no, think, I, that's what people right. people want me to to say typically. So, and and I have a hard time doing that. And I know you, so I know you weren't wanting that. But um, yeah. very often when I watch stuff that people send me that they've made like this, I I um, I pick it apart, and I pick it apart because they're giving it to me for feedback, and I pick my own stuff apart. So it's very easy for me to pick apart stuff that's yeah. on that level because I am like, I don't consider myself above that level. Um, but I do have to say that, that this was such a fun watch and maybe it's just the fact that I'm being a giant, like blubbering mess all the time. I don't know if it's because I had a kid three years ago or if because the world is going through a pandemic or what, but like it touched, it like touched me. I really enjoyed it. Like it, 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 it hit me on an emotional level and, um, and especially, I think I mentioned this to you, but especially the first uh, couple minutes, like leading up to the title, I loved because I'm a big fan of those prologue scenes, which Mark can attest okay. to. I love when there's a scene and then you get into the title. It's it's like one of my it's the way we do a lot of the STM movies. So I really liked yeah. it. And um, and one thing I have to say about it, and we're going to talk about it here as we go forward too but i'm just getting this out of the way so people know that i enjoyed this before we start talking about it um one of the things i really uh was was impressed by was your filming so you're actually you know the, the way you filmed this um it's handheld but it, it looks really great you have a really good eye for like shooting and composing your shots and it looks it looks um better than than most of the stuff that is that it it looks better i'll say this it looks better than beast of whitehall to me when i watch it like i i put it on that same like you know like you're just getting going 
but you already have like a really good eye for what you're going to do. And I was really uh, impressed by the work you did. And it, it was hampered by one thing. And that's the fact that there's this guy narrating it early on that really, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand. He sounded a lot like Mark, but it also sounded like a guy kind of, kind of smarmy sounds. Yeah. Kind of like maybe, I saw it too. Yeah. Was like, ugh. Boy, maybe yeah. If you thought that was bad, you should have heard the first guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I I just wanted to tell you like uh, and do it publicly that I really enjoyed this and um and I loved that it was a a movie about such a small aspect of the the Flatwoods monster. It's about it's it's literally it's about the lantern and yep. that's such a cool thing. You don't see that um in in the paranormal and and cryptids you know people like to focus on the cases and i say that as someone who makes a bunch of stuff that focuses on the cases um yeah but but these little aspects of these stories are what draws me in so i did want to say that i really enjoyed it and um and mark did you want to say anything about it i know you narrated it but do you want to do you want to throw in your own sort of no i i agree with a lot of what you said it the look of it is so good and just like the the one sequence that i keep thinking about is the actual making of the lantern pouring it into the mold mm-hmm. and the way you edit that i think it's it really is great i mean it makes it a dynamic thing i mean you, a person just if i'm describing the scene they might not think that it's interesting or all that exciting but when you're watching it it really it's like wow it's cool and the way that she you know gets all the pieces out and and it's really it's just well done overall it is i feel the same way yeah 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 it was such a it was it was cool to see that um because i don't know anything about like that's ceramic right is that yeah yeah yeah, i don't know anything about that and to see the mold and all that was really like maybe i'm a nerd but like i thought that was really interesting yeah and uh that, that that kind of brings me to why i wanted to make it um you know, I've like I said before, uh, my background is in art. Um, I have a, a four-year degree um, in studio art, um, so really that sort of stuff isn't all that foreign to me. Uh, for a while, as a hobby, like I made uh, Halloween masks, and that is has like similar um, processes. Um, but but while I was there in the presence of watching them make it, I was even you know I was kind of floored by the whole thing and loved watching it was a delight to me to watch so i thought well if i find it so uh, intriguing somebody else has to um i'm sure it's not a huge audience but somebody did and like you said before you know uh if 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 nobody had really ever attempted to make any sort of documentary that had anything to do with the flatwoods monster i might have started there but since it's been done you know pretty well so many times and very well by you you know why do that um and uh you know john gibson who's the guy behind these things um i've known him for a long time he's a friend of mine and so i've always known uh, at least a little bit of the history behind it and i've just found that so interesting and like you uh seth how you were talking about uh you know you just get into these little nitty-gritty details you know i really do too um you know i've told the story of the flatwoods monster more times than I can count. Um, it's the oddest thing that 
I'm almost kind of um, not getting bored with or anything, but you know, I'm kind of getting tired of retelling the story. It's hard. It's hard to maintain the same amount of enthusiasm. Yeah. And enthusiasm. But there's something about this um, that even though it's this little thing, uh, that uh, it's it's a thing that I knew nobody had ever told. Um, so I thought, well, nobody's ever told it. Somebody has to tell it. Particularly, um, you know, John Gibson, who's involved, you know, he's in his 80s. Um, Darlene, um, the lady that owns Darlene Ceramics that makes them in Marietta, Ohio. Um, I think she's in her 80s, but I, I'm not sure. Um, so, you know, uh, it's something that you've talked about a lot, too, in your filmmaking. Um, I know I think you've mentioned it before in uh, maybe about Whitehall, where like a witness died before you had the opportunity to 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 interview them mm-hmm. um so there's just a thing about that that i never want any story any fascinating story to die with a person before it can be told um so that's why i felt the need to jump on it um and you know i've got an slr camera and i got the adobe suite you know why not try it before i get into some of the nerd questions i want to ask re- relating to like the making of this can you just really quick run through for for okay, so before we get to that, first of all, we had two questions. One is, uh, is it available? And the other is, is it streaming? Um, is it when will it be av- available for people to watch? Well, I was pretty happy with the cut that you got to see, um, but after talking to a, a couple other people that helped me make it, um, and actually talking to uh, uh, my daughter Haley about it. It, I decided that it needed a little bit more resolution at the end of it. Um, so I've actually already reached back out to Mark to see if he'd be willing to record me like another minute okay. of, uh, of uh, wrap up. So, um, so no, no rush though, Mark. Um, but just whenever <laughs> I get that, I'll yeah. you know, edit the B roll that goes along with it. And then, um, then it should be pretty soon after that, uh, fingers crossed. Um, it should be available um, shortly after, and as of right now, it's a 20-minute long short documentary. I don't imagine it being too much more longer than that when it's done. And when it's uh, finished, um, since we're in the middle of this pandemic, I plan on just throwing it up on YouTube and Facebook mm-hmm. um, for anybody to watch free of charge. So it'll eventually it'll be on YouTube under the uh, user account Braxton WV. If you just search Braxton WV, all one word, or on um, Facebook at uh, Flatwoods Monster Museum. Okay, um, give us a run. To, so, so for listeners who might not know about the Flatwoods Monster, can you give us a very brief synopsis? Even though you're bored to tears with that. Um, no, can you? <laughs> just kidding. Can you give us a, a brief synopsis of what the Flatwoods Monster story is, and then use that as a way to segue into talking about the lantern and what what the you know what i guess what the plot of the movie actually is and how that plays into the original story okay um well funny enough you know i i also assumed that all the people watching my short documentary um or that some people watching it may not know about the story either so i had john gibson actually recap too um and he starts off him talking about this saying he said it a number of times um but uh so yeah, so um, the um, let's just start at the beginning of the story. On September twelfth, nineteen fifty-two, a group of boys were um, playing uh, 
you want to know it's funny every time i start telling this story the recording of ivan t sanderson from your trailer yeah. plays in my head yeah. because that's that's on a loop at the museum so it's stuck it's i i honestly do the same thing and i find that when i tell the story like anytime i'm on a show and i have to tell that story i almost word for word start recapping it from from what he says yeah. so i've done the Me too. i even i even pause where he pauses yeah so we're I'll, playing I'll we're playing football in a little valley. Yeah, we're playing football <laughs> in a small field in the village uh, of Flatwoods. The village of Flatwoods. Um, so yeah, so so boys were playing a ball uh, on the the field of the uh, Flatwoods Elementary School, and those uh, boys include uh, Freddie and Ed May, who are brothers. Um, I believe uh, ten and twelve, respectively, at the time. Uh, one of their friends, Gene Lemon, who I believe was 15, and um, Arne Shaver, and I think somebody else that always escapes me that was really young, and according to Freddie, was kind of always in the back of the group. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how often he's cited in the story. In any case, though, they were playing, and it was around uh, 7 p.m., and um, they noticed a, a bright object appear to streak across the sky and uh, Lear, Lee, uh, land on a nearby hilltop and um, so they decided to go um, chase after it um, and to quote John Gibson in this movie I'm making he says as boys would often do um, they uh, you know they're, they're running to the top of this hill and the road that leads them there actually passes the Mayboy's home where Kathleen uh, who was 32 at the time um, their mother was home so they stop and uh, tell her what they're doing and um, she joins them uh, as well as grabbing um, uh, I, I think a distant relative of Kathleen's who is visiting nearby um, Jean Lemon um, who I believe was 18 or 19 at the time and uh, so they go up on the hill to investigate you know what the what the boys claim to see and um, as they're going up through their through the through the woods they're walking you know, under the wood, under the canopy. Meanwhile, the sun's going down, so it's rather dark, and uh, they're walking at a fairly slow pace. And they notice in the distance a pulsing red light. Excuse me. That, uh, as far as they can tell, shouldn't be there, um, and that they assume is whatever it is they saw in the sky. And as they're fixated on this light, um, they hear movement uh, coming from their left out of the woods, and a uh, a figure. Um, reportedly about 10 feet tall, um, is seen and glides fairly quietly toward them. And uh, and I think it, I think Kathleen may have even mentioned like a hissing sound. So they see this towering figure um, turn, run away, immediately call the authorities, um, who, funny enough, the sheriff and his deputy were off on another call that they had received shortly before in uh Gasaway, which is just uh, south of Flatwoods by about five miles or so the way the crow flies, where there was a report of a uh, a crashing a crashed plane on the Elk along the banks of the Elk River, which there was never any evidence of either. And it's often thought that whatever was in the sky that night, both stories were are connected in some way. Um, so by the time they get there, it's already very dark um, with their with their flashlights. I don't believe they managed to find much. Um, and uh, the only thing they can that they can detect is, and this comes from the story 
of the witnesses was that, uh, you know, there was this pungent odor in the air and they can still smell a remainder of that. But otherwise, the light um, that they saw is gone and the creature or whatever it is um, that they um, came in contact with was uh, also not there any longer. Um, and <clears throat> there, there is more to that story, of course, but the the. Uh, lantern. When did when did they start selling the lantern? Um, and maybe describe what it is to, to listeners too. Okay. Um, well, the 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 Flatwoods Monster Lantern, or uh, as it was originally called, the Braxton County Monster Lantern, is about a ten foot tall uh, ceramic. I mean, you call it a lantern, but it really wouldn't light your path very well. So there's not a better word for it. But it has a couple holes in the front of it, some holes in the back of it. And if you would put a candle in it, uh, the front would light up a little and then the back would light up. Um, but it's in the likeness of the, uh, the Flatwoods monster, um, at least based off of the drawing that was done whenever Kathleen May um, visited a television studio um, in New York uh, shortly after the incident took place. Um, the way I understand it, in order for them to have a visual, they have this drawing done based on her testimony, and then that drawing has come to inform essentially every single design iteration that I've ever seen of the Flatwoods Monster comes back to that. Um, so the lanterns were first designed and, and created and sold in the late 1960s. Um, and uh, the reason why they came about is there's a civic group um, – from the area, and this is actually something that I learned while I learned so much about this um, while making the film that I thought I already had kind of had the whole picture, but it's at least doubled or tripled as far as the picture goes while I've made it. But um, the the group, the JCs, which stands for the Junior Chamber of Commerce, um, which I didn't know was actually a national organization, and they still exist today, um, but they don't exist in Braxton County. But anyway, that group. Um, decided they needed a fundraiser to help fund their civically minded projects. Um, so they came up with, uh, you know, the Flatwoods Monster Lantern to, to make and sell. Um, and um, the way the way that that came about was, uh, you know, John, uh, you know, wanted to. He, I don't think I don't know if he even knew exactly what they wanted to make, but he knew he wanted to do something that related to the uh, monster. And he talked to a gentleman that was a salesman um, for a paint company that he worked with uh, because he worked at a hardware store in Braxton County. And uh, he said that this guy's name was Bob Bossert, that he was kind of a go-to kind of guy that, uh, um, you know, that kind of knew a little bit about everything and so thought he would run the idea by him and see what he thought. Um, so I think he may have came up with the idea of casting them out of um, – ceramics and firing them um but bob ended up uh working with john and uh whoever the original artist was which i believe was also in marietta ohio but not the same folks that make them now and um made these and the way that i understand it at that time they made either 500 or 1000 john can't remember exactly when the batches took place but made um either one batch early on or two early on and and sold them and um after a couple of years of selling them you know kind of seemed like maybe there wasn't a lot of interest so they stopped um 
And then sometime in the 80s, uh, John started getting asked about them and picked it back up again. And they've been in kind of slow production ever since. And then in the last couple of years, um, a lot more um, production. He thinks he's sold more in the last two years than he had all the previous decades combined. Hmm. Do, do you think the popularity of the monster is is still growing? Because I know when we shot the movie, the, the the impression I got from talking to you is that you think this is sort of growing um, with time. So I'm curious, do you, do you think that's still still happening, the popularity of Braxy? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think, um, you know, like the thing that I always try to think about and kind of use as the, the yardstick is the Mothman. And, you know, the Mothman in, it was either 1999 or 2000, you had the advantage of having a, you know, major um, Hollywood movie made about it, mm-hmm. uh, which skyrocketed its um, its notoriety and everything. Um, but to me, as far as people who find Mothman very interesting or intriguing or interesting, uh, inter- people interested in looking into it, it seems to me that at least you know half that many people would end up having the same um, the same interest in Flatwoods Monster, and whether those are the same people or like a cross section. Um, so if that's the case, if I'm if I'm not wrong there, uh, you know I don't think we're there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think it, it seems to be raising. And if visitation to our museum is any indicator too, I would say that our um, visitation in 2019 doubled from 2018. Wow. Um, to the point where, remember how I told you how selling souvenirs was a, an afterthought? Mm-hmm. The first year we sold souvenirs, I think we cleared, I think we had sales, so not profit, but sales up into like $15,000 in sales. Mm-hmm. This past year, we've had, we had almost $35,000 in sales. Wow, that's crazy. And the most expensive item is that we sell is the lantern, mm-hmm. and it it's, sells for $28. So everything else we sell for cheaper than that. So um, that blew me. Well, I actually didn't even realize that until I was getting all of our finances uh, together for our yearly reporting that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I discovered that in January. Um, but uh, so yeah, and I don't. It just doesn't seem like there's any end in sight. And like when we first started, I think I only carried five different things, including just one T-shirt. And now we carry like 20 or 25 different souvenirs mm-hmm. including four or five t-shirt designs so it's you know it's just crazy we've talked about this before you and i but but what what do you find um i i think a lot of people overlook the importance of of a monster uh, or or local legend like 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 the flatwoods monster the impact that can have um on a on a small community, especially a small community that needs something to 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 bolster yeah. to bolster that kind of like local tourism, I think a lot of people, especially people that are into this stuff, they almost see it as a negative. Like, oh, you're just you're creating some sort of you know cash cow out of out of this real event, right? But but there is uh, I've seen it for myself in Flatwoods. Like, I wonder what Flatwoods would be like if if it didn't have a monster, you know, if it didn't have the Flatwoods monster. So what to, to you personally, what does Flatwoods monster mean to Braxton County? Well, you want to know something funny is I, I actually kind of feel like, you know, when you ask what would Flatwoods or Braxton County look like without the monster, mm-hmm. 
honestly, as far as right now, today, I really don't think it would look a whole lot different. Mm -hmm. um, I think where you're going to see the difference is going to be, again, like in 10 years. Um, I think that's when it's going to show itself, um, show its full importance. Mm -hmm. But where, where I see it's full, what, what's lucky, I feel like it's lucky for me, is I kind of had a, have a foot in both camps. Um, I'm really into this stuff. And, um, you know, like I was talking about before, I, I listened to your all's podcast, Sasquatch, about Sasquatch. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm into it on a personal level. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's it's my job to, to, you know, to market Braxton County as a tourism destination. Um, so I like to think and I like to hope. Um, and if you ever catch me breaking this, please let me know. But I like to hope that I that I use the Flatwoods Monster in a way that that is beneficial to the area while also being respectful to the story and to the witnesses. Mm -hmm. And actually, luckily, since uh, I actually I know Freddie May quite well, I run a lot by him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if there's an idea that I have that I start to feel a little slimy about, yeah. I'll ask him about it. And usually, uh, you might you know a lot of people might be surprised by this, but usually he's excited about it. Because if you if you talk to him, for him the one positive that he feels came out of this whole thing, is that, um, and and Rex, if you hear him tell it, he'd say he, he wouldn't even think about it about himself, but that that his mother he would think his mother single handedly put Flatwoods on the map, mm -hmm. and so if it has to be something that that I know still it still bothers them, mm -hmm. you know it was a it was a it, it was an incident that I know when I talk to him about it, I can tell it's, it does bother him to some degree, yeah. but I think that he likes that it's had a positive impact. Um, so you know. did you, did you show Freddie the movie yet? No, no, not yet. The one I made. Yeah. No, no, not yet. Um, as a matter of fact, I can't remember if I've even told him that I'm making it. <laughs> it, it might be because I don't know that, well, one, I've not thought about it, and two, there's a part of me that almost thinks he might not care mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's because, like you said, it's a kind of a step removed, yeah, away from the story. Yeah. I mean, really, the story of the the monster lantern picks up in like 1969, right? Um, so by this point, Freddie doesn't even live here anymore. Yeah, you know, he at this point he had moved. I think he had moved away, and uh, at some point later he moved back into the area. Um, but yeah, I guess I've just not thought about and there's a part of me that probably still thinks it's not that big a deal um i've just loved it and thought about it as a passion project more than anything and i've worked on it when i have when i've had time i've not really i, I started i think last october mm -hmm. is when i started shooting um and and when i've had time i've edited um but i haven't had a lot of time until recently yeah <laughs> so uh, so that's when I've really been working hard on it, and I've actually had a lot of help um, getting the pieces where I've want. This is what I've learned too, and I, I want to tell you something too. You were very complimentary to me at the beginning of this, and I, I want to also stop and thank you for that. But I also want to tell you too, if it wasn't for you, I would have never made this movie because uh, you know before before working with you, I I hadn't worked since working with you. I've worked with a couple. Um, I think production companies, but mainly for like short, um, either either web sort of things or 
shows where maybe it's not it doesn't turn into like a fully fleshed out film like like yours did. Yeah. Um, but uh, but you were the first. You know, you you and your crew were the was the, really the first crew I've ever I ever worked with, and being able to watch you guys because I watched you do almost all the principal photography that took place in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was there. You were with us, um, yeah. Yeah. So getting to watch you guys start from the ground mm-hmm. and then get to your film, uh, it and I watch it. So then it almost it makes gears turn in my head to where I think like. Oh well, I can see how he got from this thing that I got to watch. Mm-hmm. You do mm-hmm. hours of work turn into you know a fifty-some minute documentary. So it starts to kind of it. It seems achievable. Yeah, like watching you work made it feel like it's not this insurmountable thing. It's almost like I didn't realize that you shoot ten hours worth of footage. And you turn it into a twenty-minute long. <laughs> right. It's almost—it's almost like I think you shoot twenty minutes and you put it together. Yeah. And then I watched you do it, so I thought, I, I could see how that makes sense. Um, so uh, basically, all I needed was John to be interested, John Gibson, and as you know, he's always down to talk. So, um, so yeah, so it just started, and um, and but I'll tell you what was hard. I, I, I'm thinking. I think about this stand-up comedy bit that I heard before, and I'm trying to think of who said it. It'll come to me. Oh, John Papa. I think it was John Papa, the comedian. Mm-hmm. He was talking about how he was trying to cut his own hair, and uh, he was cutting his hair, and he got he got to the top, mm-hmm. looked pretty good. He was doing around the sides, looked pretty good. He said, but right here, <laughs> along the crown of your head, this is where the money's made, right there. <laughs> so, what 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 really blew my mind was trying to get from uh, starting a thing to going to the next thing to going to the next thing. I mean, I'm making a 20 minute long documentary and I have to transition and switch gears like five times. Mm-hmm. Those parts were so hard. Yeah. I didn't understand that. Yeah. I understood the, I understood the chunks, Yeah, but I didn't understand in between. So, um, uh, actually, and I, th- I think you know him, but there's a guy, uh, Jamie Lockhart, mm-hmm. who's a, a filmmaker yeah. and most notably an editor. Um, so I asked him, you know, I said, hey, if I send you a really rough assemblage of what I have, would you tell me what, how you would go from one piece to the other? And he took it, and like the next day, he sends me back what would be like his edit of it. And basically, he moved one piece from here mm-hmm. to here, and that's it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, it's a story now. You know, I do this, I do this, I do this, and now it's a story. Um, so then I took that and and have been running with it. So th- those editing, like between B-roll coverage and editing, that's where you make a movie. It's like everything else. That's exactly everything else is the easy part. That was exactly what I was about to ask you: is how did you People always ask me, I just talked about this on the show last week with Alexander Petikoff, but people always ask me, like, how did you direct this documentary? And it's not, that's a nonsense question because yeah. there's no directing that goes on with a documentary. The The only directing that happens with a documentary as a director is when you get it into the edit. And that's the, the edit. And yeah, exactly. I know 100% I know exactly what you're talking about. Like finding those. Well, I, I assume that if anybody in this world knew that, it would be you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but, well, because, you know, I don't know what anybody's going to tell me. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'm not, I don't know how it's going to relate. And like I said, I started this project thinking I understood everything. Mm -hmm. And I, I come to not understand, know at least half of the story. And I ended up um, in all this, I ended up, you know, Bob Bosser, the guy that I talked about that partnered with John, I figured Bosser, that's a name I've never heard before. Surely there's not very many of them. So um, actually, the first thing I do was I get on, I look up, I knew that Bob had passed away. Bob, I believe, passed away, I want to say maybe in like 2013 or 14. Well, I found his obituary online, and it lists surviving members of his family. So what do I do? I get on Facebook, mm -hmm. and I just search every Dave Bosser, which is his son, yeah. um, and uh, and and I'd say I probably solicited at least ten different Dave Bosserts, asking them if their dad was Bob Bossert from this little town in Ohio, and a few people got back to me and said that they weren't. Turned out Dave Bossert isn't on Facebook. Well, then I thought, well, his granddaughter Kelly, she's got to be on Facebook because she's got to be younger than me. So I look up Kelly Bossert, first girl I click on. It says her hometown is this little town in, I believe, North Carolina. It says that this has to be her. So I send her a message. Within two minutes, she sends me one back. Yes, that's my grandpa. And yes, this is my dad. Here's his phone number. Um, so I ended up getting to get to know and uh, interview um, Dave. So he's in the film. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea, but he actually had a hand in helping paint at least some of the lanterns, the first batch. And I don't think John knew that. Um, and he was with uh, his dad whenever he went to, like, uh, the, the places where they were being cast. And um, and then it turned out that Dave actually had the old master mold to the lanterns hmm. that that was bequeathed him to his dad. It's in rough shape, but he still had it. And he was nice enough to, uh, to send it to me. Um, so that's going to be on display at the museum as well. Um, and I'm going to make sure to feature it in the wrap-up that I'm tacking on to the end of the of the short documentary. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so it's just been it's been crazy. Uh, all the people I've got to meet that's involved with it, and I don't know. Mark, any any final questions? We've we've hit our we've hit our runtime. Yeah, well, taking everything that you've learned through this process, do you have ideas about future projects? None. Hmm. None. <laughs> None. I've, I, now, I will tell you, though, I feel semi-bitten um, oh, yeah. with it. I, I, I enjoyed the process immensely, um, and I would love to do something. I probably won't ever. Now, before this, I've actually been in charge of making, um, I've probably made maybe 10 or so short uh, promotional pieces for Braxton County um, and um, that was actually the thing that without that you know I wouldn't have got my feet wet enough to feel com comfortable to do it this short um, but so I I learned a little you know how to use Premiere Pro and stuff like that um, so but if something else comes you know falls in my lap that that is begging to be a story that's begging to be told and especially if it seems like something that it's possible I'm the only person that would be interested in it, which at first that's, you know, I kind of thought I would be the only person interested in this. Um, you know, I, I probably will make it. Um, and I might do something that's completely non, 
Flatwoods Monster related. It just depends what what comes in my lap. Um, one story that I've always found really intriguing, although I don't know if there's enough there for me to grab onto or like enough people to talk to to flesh something out. But I've always been fascinated by the. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's like a high score. It's a it's a basketball high school basketball high score, and I don't know if it's per team or per player, but but the highest score ever gotten in a high school basketball team was done in the 50s um, by the Burnsville um, high school basketball team in uh, from Burnsville which is in Braxton County it's a little bit more north than Flatwoods and and that I think it's the I think his name is Danny and I believe he still holds the record um, so that would be something yeah. that I have thought about that I'd like to look into and what what makes me think that that's probably worthwhile is I don't care about sports at all. I, I don't. I've never watched mm-hmm. sports unless you count skateboarding. Um, so uh, so really, I don't care about basketball, but it just seems to me like there's a story there somewhere yeah. that would be really fascinating. Heck yeah. mm-hmm. um, but that's about it, yeah. That's awesome. Um, so people will be able to find this probably online. Uh, what do you have an, any idea, like rough estimate of when it might be available? Having never released anything, it's really scary. Yeah, to release it. I feel like once I put it out into the world, I can't touch it again. You can't. So I'm kind of scared of letting it go. <laughs> yeah. But I'm the only thing I'll say with any confidence is soon. Yeah. What I would hope for your listeners to do, if if they find this fascinating, yeah, please. Go to facebook.com slash Flatwoods Monster Museum and like the page, and eventually it'll be there. Mm-hmm. I do I do hope it's within like a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it'll be there. Um, otherwise, I don't know. Check back. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on and, and joining us, and uh, I'm really excited about it, and, and I hope you do more. Honestly, I, I would like to see you keep going with this because because this is a, a really cool start to to there's there's a lot of potential there. Like you can you can build off of this and and do some really really great stuff. I think with what with what you with what you started with here, especially. So hope you do more. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. Yep, and uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, there is a uh, – I don't know what I was about to say. There is a something or other. Uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes. Send us mail, monsteropolismail at gmail.com. And uh, check in uh, every every Tuesday and Friday for more content. Although I forgot to update and post today's episode, which I just realized as we started recording this episode. So <laughs> tomorrow morning I will post the Alexander Petikov interview um but yeah thanks for coming on andrew yeah with that in mind if you drag your feet on this one Mm -hmm. yeah listeners go check now it might be up (laughs) um and also (laughs) also andrew where can you really quick directly uh direct people to where they can go to find more about the the braxton county uh visitor center and the, the flatwoods monster museum yes thank you um yeah, uh, if you if you want to find out more about Braxton County and more about Flatwoods and the Flatwoods Monster Museum, visit uh, braxtonwv.org, or if you go to braxie.com, b-r-a-x-x-i-e.com, that will take you to the main page that has to do with the Flatwoods Monster, and will direct you from there um, from all the things affiliated with that. Awesome.
Metropolis is proudly presented on Wadsworth Community Radio 97.1 FM or streaming live at wadsworthcommunityradio.com. It is proudly underwritten by Thurber's Jewelers on the Square in downtown Wadsworth. Wadsworth. 